the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with today's message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane, president of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. And I'm Terry Reed, a director at SABSA. We are here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Scott, last week we told several stories which exemplified some of the more than 200 references in the Bible to scientific truths, which are cited in the Bible thousands of years before man discovered them, signifying that the Creator God included them as a kind of His signature on nature and His Word. That's right, Terry. And we would like to use today's show to continue on this topic and give our listeners a real feel for the amazing amount of science contained in the Bible, which makes sense if God is the Creator. In Ecclesiastics 1.7, the Bible gives an amazingly concise definition of the water cycle. It says, All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. While this is seemingly a simple observation of nature as we see it today, it was not so simple for man to grasp. When we examine the writings throughout history on the subject of hydrology or the water cycle, we find man had no idea of the truth of these processes for most of our history. Just after Solomon wrote the words you quoted from Ecclesiastes, a Greek named Thales Miletus during the 6th century BC gave his theory of the water cycle, which said that most surface water was dependent on unseen and unobserved huge underground lakes. This view totally misses the roles of evaporation, condensation, and precipitation as the major players in hydrology, and his view was prevalent for more than 2,000 years. Aristotle in the 4th century BC will get a little closer to the truth of the water cycle in his statements, but he still follows Thales' misguided lead in believing that precipitation is insufficient to account for river and stream flows. So he again credits unseen subterranean water as a major source of water. Just after 1500 AD, Leonardo da Vinci, one of the most brilliant humans of all time, writes of his questions of how water is transported underground up to the tops of mountains to account for spring and stream flow. He again misses the truth of hydrology as so succinctly stated in the Bible. A hundred years later, Galileo will complain in his writings of his frustration at not understanding how the water cycle works. It will not be until the research of Pierre Perrault is published in 1674 that man finally catches up to the Bible and gets a clear view of the water cycle. In his research, Perrault demonstrated that precipitation was sufficient to account for all ground infiltration and stream flow from the Seine River Basin and into the Seine River. 
It is revealing that the Bible made many such references to the water cycle revealing how the Creator so correctly described this process while man for many centuries would get it wrong. In Job 36, 27 through 28, written 3,400 years before Peral's discoveries, it says, He draws up the drops of water, which distill as rain to the streams. The clouds pour down their moisture, and abundant showers fall on mankind. In these verses, God again correctly described the roles of evaporation, condensation, and precipitation, the truth of which man would miss for more than 3,000 years. On top of that, Job 26, 8, and 37, 11, and Jeremiah 10, 13, all describe the formation of clouds from water vapor. This, according to ancient literature, is only one of a myriad of theories for how they formed, and as always, the Bible chose the right one. Psalms 135.7 also correctly describes evaporation. Psalms 104.13 again describes the role of precipitation. Underscoring the Bible's understanding of this subject was far in advance of man's. In Isaiah 55.10, the Bible correctly describes the process of ground infiltration of water from runoff and precipitation. Deuteronomy 32.2 comments on the formation of dew and precipitation. Isaiah 44.3 and 4 correctly describes the flooding of desert streams. And when you read Ecclesiastes 1, 6, and 7, you find a very unique description of cloud movement patterns and allusions to the trade winds, which will not be discovered by man until the 19th century. Another fascinating insight by the Bible is stated in 1 Corinthians 15.41, where it says that each star is different. This would seem to be a ridiculous statement and patently false when made 2,000 years ago, as many of them, talking about stars, looked the same as we gaze at them in the night sky. However, astronomical research from the last hundred years has revealed that while there are broad classifications of stars, such as the yellow dwarf types, of which our star is one, or red dwarfs, which make up 75% of all stars, not one star has ever been found to be exactly like another. When comparing their light intensity, spectrum of light given off, chemical composition indicated by their spectrum, size, gravity, density, and amounts of stability or volatility, no two stars of the many billions which have been observed have ever been found to be exactly alike. Now how did Paul, a tent maker and a theologian, 2,000 years ago get this so right if he did not have inside help? That is a great question with an easy answer. He got his insight straight from the Creator. Another fascinating statement from the Bible is found in Jeremiah 33, 22, where it says the stars are uncountable. And this statement is reiterated in Genesis 15, 5. Today, we know this is a true statement. Every day, we are discovering new stars and galaxies of stars as our instrumentation gets better and better. There seems to be no end to it. But in the day that Jeremiah wrote this perception, their perception was quite different. As men laid out under the stars as shepherds, ranchers, and other such professions, they frequently counted the stars, and it was agreed by most at the time that the stars could be numbered, and the, num the number generally was around 3,000, which corresponds to the number of stars we see today in either hemisphere on a clear night and with a naked eye. But how did the Bible get this so right thousands of years before Galileo ever invented the telescope? 
Again, it appears the biblical writers had inside information. Now, discussing stars leads us into what the Bible says about light. Job 38, 19, and 20 describes light moving. That is a statement contrary to the prevailing ideas of the time. It was thought for thousands of years that light simply existed everywhere at the same time and its speed was infinite or instantaneous, which matched what they thought they observed. It will not be until the last 400 years that we both conceive of and measure the speed of light. Again, how did the Bible get this right so far in advance of man without help from the Creator? Obviously, they had, they had help. You are listening to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed. For more information, go to sabsa.org. Right now, we were talking about the presence of science revealed in the Bible thousands of years before man discovered it. Terry, I have a question. Did your mom ever put a cool or warm mist vaporizer in your room when you were sick to help you breathe and not cough when you were ill? Uh, actually, uh, she did. I was somewhat of a sickly child. I had chronic sinusitis and bronchitis. So yeah, yeah, that was done a few times. Some people might ask why these vaporizers are so helpful for us. The answer to that may lie in the environment we were made for. The Bible tells us that they helped to duplicate the pre-flood environment of the early earth when a continual mist fell upon the ground. Genesis chapter 2 tells us at the beginning and the, until the time of the flood there was no rain, but that all of the earth was fed by a continual mist which was fed by a huge amount of gushers of water spouting from the ground everywhere attesting to a huge storehouse of water underground which the Bible refers to as the waters of the deep. If the Bible is to be believed, then this very humid environment, which is set up by vaporizers, is reproducing the environment of the early earth and the one we were designed to live in. And that is why it is so helpful for us and aids in healing. Wow. More scripture which refers to our health is found in Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, 7 and 8. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. These same ideas are also expressed in Deuteronomy 4.40 and Proverbs chapter 9. That sounds like just good philosophy, that if we read his word and attend church, that we will stay out of trouble and live better as we do good. But taken literally, it says that studying His Word and going to church can actually improve your health and lead to long life. And we now have 20 scientific clinical studies which substantiate exactly what these verses literally say. These 20 medical studies have shown that if a person attends church on even a semi-regular basis, that's at least once a month, that they will lead longer, healthier, and happier lives. For example, one of these studies, released in 2006, shows the statistical link between elderly people who go to church regularly who do not develop respiratory problems as fast or as often as non-churchgoers. Those medical studies were all done in the past century, and yet the Bible knew all of this almost 3,000 years ago. Amazing. One of my favorite topics in this field of scientific studies, which back up statements in the Bible, are scientific studies on prayer. Have there actually been scientific studies on prayer done? Uh, if so, you don't hear much about them. 
Most people will be amazed to find out that there are almost 1,200 studies done on the effectiveness of prayer and that more than 80% of those studies showed a statistical linkage saying that prayer does work. One branch of those studies has been on the effectiveness of prayer for healing. James 5.16 says, Pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If I believe in God and the Bible, then I want to operate on that statement as being truthful. And there are a lot of studies which show that it is. There have been a surprising 191 studies done on prayer and healing, which the medical literature often calls distance healing. I I love that term. Of these, more than two-thirds show a statistical link between prayer and healing. When we only look at the studies which were built scientifically and statistically accurately, that number goes up to 76% of these studies verify prayer as something which works. If you would like to verify these statements, Google the work of Dr. Daniel Benner from 2001 on distance healing. Wow. What little I had heard in the media about prayer studies was that prayer had been disproven as being effective. And most people have heard exactly the same thing, and yet there, as we just indicated, there are tons of studies that would debate that. For more information on this or any other creation science topic or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org, that is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org, or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter, which go back several years. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. at the Jim's Restaurant at the corner of San Pedro and Ramsey. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR website. Click on KSLR Podcasts and scroll down till you find Believing the Bible. Join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.